Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 10. And uh, we want to continue with this that we've been on. uh, Let us draw near. And uh, this uh, this is something that is is so needful in uh, so many lives and rather uh, well it's something that we're all engaging in and uh, even if you may not have to engage in it to the level that some do it's still something this renewing of the mind this changing my mindset about different things you know uh, I made a statement Sunday morning and it was this that if I'm not constantly renewing my mind, I'm falling behind in God. Because there's something that God wants me to do every day and renew my mind every day. Hebrews 10.22 says, Let us draw near with a true heart, full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. That phrase, to draw near, means to be near, to worship, to draw near. And the context, the reason the Lord has us using that verse is there are believers that are, that are not progressing and they're just satisfied to live their lives kind of at an arm's length distance with God. But the goal of the Christian life is to mature. It's to grow. It's to progress. All right? That, that is the desire of God. In the series I taught Christian Progression, You can see in the book of Mark chapter 4, the goal of the Christian life is to progress. It is to to be more mature next week than I am this week. All right, to lay aside those things that would encumber and lay aside those things that would hinder my growth and mature into the things of God. Ephesians chapter 4 says that the goal of the Christian life is that we grow up in Christ and become mature in Him. Hallelujah. And so Romans 12 is where we'll begin. And we've been here the last few services. But that's okay. Romans 12, verse 1. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, you may have a a study Bible that has in the center column reference rational, all right? And, you know, when we think rational, we think, well, it just makes sense. You know, this is just something that makes sense. Well, that's that's a good definition, but when the King James uses this word reasonable, what it carries the idea of is this, is that, This is not something you can do without thinking about it. All right? I have to present my body to God, a living sacrifice. That's my reasonable service. In other words, 
I have to intentionally do that. All right? When he said present your bodies in the Septuagint, the Greek, the Greek Old Testament, it, uh, 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 that word present was used over and over again to describe the sacrifices that the high priest presented on the Day of Atonement and when somebody brought the animal, the, the, the gifts that they presented, the sacrifice that they presented. So the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul says, every day you have to make a conscious, intentional decision to present your body a living sacrifice to God. And that will never end. That as long as I'm on the earth, I will be making the decision to do that. It, may, it, it will get easier. There will be things that you won't have to overcome, if we can use that phrase. But you will still have to be presenting your body a living sacrifice. You know, if you've been married any length of time, you never stop submitting one to one another. Because if you do, then your marriage goes off the rails. Because it requires a mutual submission. Is that right? So I get up every day and make a choice to submit myself to my wife. She gets up every day, I think, and makes a choice. No, she doesn't. To submit to me. And we make a choice to walk in love with one another. Is that right? Amen. This is how you have to do this where your body's concerned. Because when we were born again, we became a new creation in Christ. Our spirits were born again. We were made brand new in our spirit. But here's the thing. We also know this did not, listen now, did not have a direct impact on our body. Why? Because if you were short when you got saved, you're still short. If you were tall, you're still tall. And I'll leave it at that. Right? It did not directly impact your body. Oh, glory. And it didn't have a direct impact on your mind. Now, there were some things that changed. I've used Pastor Michelle for, for a, an a, a, a example. When she got saved, coming out of the lifestyle that she led, when she got saved, it was wonderful. She got born again, was made a new creature, and immediately the desire for drugs and substances left her life. She immediately was made free. But then what had to begin immediately? The renewing of the mind. Because had she not renewed her mind, there would come an opportunity to fall back into that way of thinking. Right? But because she renewed her mind, she stayed free. So when somebody in the church backslides, what it is more evidence of than anything is they stopped renewing their mind. People blame the devil. They blame sin. They blame addiction. Listen, anybody that's been involved in anything like that, if you're instantly set free, there is no argument that a miracle of God took place. It took place. And if that person will consistently renew their mind, to the fact of who they are, they'll stay free. Backsliding is not really a term that you see in the Word of God. It's, it's, used, it's never used in the New Testament. It's only used in the, in the Old Testament. 
and it's used in reference to the people of Israel that you're going away from God. You're like a backsliding heifer slipping down a hill is what God said. You can't get your traction because you won't obey me. Well, notice what we're told in, in Romans chapter 12. Every day, get up and present your body a living sacrifice. Is that right? Hallelujah. One translation says, I believe it's the Amplified translation, says of these, this verse that it is our spiritual act of worship. You know, we come to church and we lift our hands and, and we sing and we, we praise God. You know, that is worship. But listen, how we live is worship too. The way we live our life is worship. Hallelujah. The Bible says that our lives can be a sweet-smelling fragrance to God. When we keep our bodies under and we keep our minds renewed, that's worship that God accepts. God accepts that. Hallelujah. God comes to the aid of all of his people. But let me tell you who he comes to the aid to even quicker. Are people that are making an attempt to renew their mind and keep their bodies under subjection. Because that pleases God. All the way through the scripture, you, you, you see, remember in the book of Proverbs, it makes the statement, it says, uh, it says, because you refused knowledge and you refused wisdom and you refused my instruction, he said, when calamity comes and trouble comes, he said, I'll laugh. Now, we don't like to think of God laughing at somebody being in trouble. Well, he's not, that's not what he's, he's saying. He says, when that comes, he said, here's, here's the issue. It's because you refused the instruction and you refused the knowledge that I was giving you. When we read something in the Word, this is wisdom and knowledge. This is good doctrine. It's just smart to get up every day and present your body to God. It keeps you out of trouble. It keeps you out of the, the line of the enemy before you ever start your day. You are covered with the victory that comes from being in Christ because you got up today and you said, my life is not my own, and you presented it to God. Hallelujah. And what was made? Provision was made so you could overcome. Oh, glory. Notice Isaiah 55. I've been wanting to preach this all day. And, and, I, and I've only preached four times already today. So this is my fifth time. So I'm ready. Hallelujah. Isaiah 55 and verse 8. We read this verse uh, Sunday morning. But let's read verse 8 and 9. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, we say this, but God is not saying that I can't think His thoughts or walk in His ways. All right? What He is doing is letting these people know, the nation of Israel that He's writing to, all right, that Isaiah is, is writing to under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. He's letting them know this is what's happening. You're not thinking my thoughts, so you're not walking in my ways. You're not thinking like I'm thinking, so you're not walking in my ways. Now see, this is an area of mind renewal, 
because I, I, I referenced the, the, the denomination that I was raised in. My Lord, the worst thing you could do is tell somebody you were thinking like God. Oh, blasphemy. Take him to the brow of the hill. <laughs> Amen. I mean, th th those were two no-nos. Don't, and don't ever say you're righteous. Don't ever say that. Who do you think you are? Well, here's, 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 here's the point. So, consequently, nobody thought like God. Amen. Hear me tonight. We can think God's thoughts because God's thoughts have been written down. I have what God thinks right here. I can think the way God thinks because they're written down in His Word. This is good news because it means I can change my thoughts to be in line with God's Word. All I've got to do is read it in the Word. Remember when, when I said I came back to the Lord and I submitted my life to the Lord? I loved the Lord. I, I wanted Jesus to be my Lord. But man, I needed to renew my mind. And one area I needed to renew my mind in was, was in the area of controlling the temper that I had at the time. And, and, and good Lord, I mean, everybody that you talk to, they would say, well, that just runs in the steel family. That's that steel temper. Steel men, that's the way they are. Well, I thought, now, wait a minute. Either I'm stuck with this for the rest of my life, and I'm going to be miserable, she's going to be miserable, and if we don't do something, this attitude and this mindset that I have is going to tear our marriage apart because she's not going to like, want to live like this. Right? But it felt like my hands were tied. What do I do? When something goes wrong, I just, I, I, I get mad and I just get mad. Amen. It's hard to believe that was me. But here's the thing. What did I do? I went to the Word. And I found the Scripture that said, A man that cannot control his own spirit is like a city without walls. And the Lord spoke to me and said, See, when you lose your temper, you are absolutely defenseless against the enemy. Because you're given into your flesh. Oh, my goodness. But I saw it in the Word and I thought, well, if you're telling me that in the Word, then I can build up this defense. I can, I can, I can do something about this. Yeah. Hallelujah. I run into people before and they say, well, I, you know, I just keep doing this. I just can't help it. That's a lie. That's not good doctrine. That keeps you in the infant stage of development. Yeah. Amen. Are, are you following me? You know, it, unless something is physically wrong with a child, there comes a time when they move out of the diapers. And they might make a mistake. They might have an accident, but it's an accident. And, and after a while, I can't help it, won't cut it. Well, you're 12. <laughs> right? Amen. That's eventually what God says to his children. I need you to start thinking my way and acting in my thoughts. And the way you're going to do this is to present your body and renew your mind. Amen? I can change my thoughts. Say it out loud. I can change my thoughts 
to line up with God's thoughts. I can do it. Amen. You know, when somebody makes a statement, they say, well, you know, I'm broke. They're not thinking God's thoughts. I don't have enough money. They're not thinking God's thoughts. I'm, I'm going to share this with you in a moment as we get further into this. But somebody will say, well, that's just the reality of it. You need to change your reality. You need to change what you consider reality. Because that's not reality according to God. Amen. Hallelujah. We have to settle the fact that God knows best. God knows best. When people don't accept what God is offering. Now, what do I mean by that? You'll see people come to church, people that need God, people that need to be saved. And they'll sit under the Word. Maybe the altar call will be given. And they'll just sit there like they don't need God. They're not accepting what God's offering them. When someone doesn't accept what God's offering them, what they're saying is that they know more than God. And I've heard people say that. Well, I know what you're saying, but this is what I believe. I know what you're saying, but this is how I was taught. You know, Jesus made this statement. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. He didn't say your words or grandma's words or Uncle Fred's words. What grandma taught and you bought. He said, my words will never pass away. No other leader of any other religious belief system ever made that statement. Because they can't. Jesus is the only one that can make that statement. So when heaven and earth passes away, the word will still be standing. Right? So that means ever what you're dealing with, if you're basing your thought processes and your actions on the word, you're always going to make it. And you got to renew your mind to that. How do I know God will always heal you? Because His Word says that's what He wants to do. And when you start thinking that way, you get in line with what God said. Oh, glory to God. Amen. If God is God, then He knows better than anyone else. Because He's God. Is He? He is, right? Hallelujah. Somebody made a statement to me one time about, you know, uh, 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 the, the Word of God and, and, and just my adamancy about the Word. And I said, well, there's a thing with God. He thinks He's God. He acts like He's God. Right? Because He is. And God will never say, I'll give you some wiggle room. Nope. It's not how he does it. He says, you bring your thoughts in line with mine. Because I'm not going to change mine. Hallelujah. Do you see this? When I, when I came back to the Lord, of course, I was born again when I was a, a, a kid, just a child, eight years old. And, you know, around 21 or so, I, I kind of went away from the Lord. It didn't take me very long to figure out that wasn't a very good way to go. 
It only took me about two years to figure out this is, I'm going to lose everything if I keep going down this road. And uh, so I came back to the Lord, and I submitted to Him as my Lord, and I was just so glad to be saved, to, to be saved and, and living my salvation. But here's the thing. That didn't just change all my thinking. As soon as we're born, our minds begin to be programmed. Think about that. When, when children are born, their parents begin immediately programming their minds. Hallelujah. From the time they're born, that, that programming starts. And, and basically, we're teaching that child how to think. Now, if, if your children are raised in a good church like this, like yours are, they're being programmed the right way. But the main influences on a child are mom and dad, grandma and grandpa. Right? In the beginning. And so, in the beginning, their, their, their thoughts are programmed. For instance... This is a very elementary thing. Lily likes these little fruit snacks, little gummy fruit snacks. And uh, so she'll say, she, she doesn't come and say, I want a snack. She comes and she says, Daddy? And I say, yes. And she goes, well, that means I want a snack. So I'll go in and, and, and ask her what she wants, and most of the time it's that. And, and I'll open them up, and, and uh, one, one or two times I did this, I went, Mmm, smell that. That's so good. I was out of town. I was out of town. And she asked Pastor Michelle for a fruit snack. Pastor Michelle gave it to her and opened it up. And Lily said, you have to smell it. <laughs> See how she was already, you got to smell it. Well, at, at four, the thinking's being influenced. Well, then you throw into this, okay, then now, then they go to school, starting in kindergarten, even before, preschool, K3, K5. They're going to kindergarten. Now, somebody else is getting input into their mind. Amen. And, and if they're not going where it's a Christian-based system, they're, they're, they're getting information in there that we probably don't want. Amen. And then their friends get thrown in the mix. And then television gets put in it. Now, I'm, I'm making a point with all this. So all of this information is coming in. When, when I was growing up, we had three channels. ABC, CBS, and NBC. And they went off at midnight. Right? Many times in sleepovers, we've seen the flag and heard the... Right? Our programming day has come to an end. We will resume programming at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. But here's the point. We had three channels. And our church called the television the one-eyed devil. And you let that one-eyed devil in your house. What would they think now? When the base cable package is 75 channels. I saw, I saw one advertisement one time, I think it was for Dish or something. 270 channels. Who 
has time to just sit and watch 270 channels. My Lord, my brain would begin to ooze out my ears. It's useless. But think about that. There are people that sit all day and their minds are programmed on what to think. Amen. And, and so by the time a child is a certain age, they have had thousands, multiplied thousands of hours of programming. Amen. Do, do you see this? And so when a person gets born again, they got all that programming. They've got to undo. And it can happen quicker than it occurred. The renewing can happen quicker than it occurred. But it takes time. Notice Proverbs 22, 6. I'm not talking about child rearing, but I want you to see this. Proverbs 22, 6 says, the King James says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The JPS, the Jewish scripture says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and even when he's old, he won't depart from it. Well, that word uh, uh, train, it means to dedicate. One meaning is to narrow. In, in other words, when you're training a child up in how they're to think, it's not a really wide road. You're directing them the way they should go. Some translators say to bend. Bend the child the way you want them to go. Amen. Well, how does that occur? By influencing their thinking. Influencing their thinking. Every one of us have had our minds influenced greatly by this world. Everybody. Everyone in here. To some extent, you've had your mind influenced by the world. That's why you've got to renew your mind every day. Amen. Because there is a continual attempt to program our minds. Continual. Hallelujah. The, the, the media wants to control your mind. The political parties want to control your mind. Amen. The, the, the fear mongers want to control your mind and have you thinking that way. That's why they can't tell you the good news lest you start thinking life's really not as bad as they're trying to say it is. Amen. Anybody that lives in fear is not thinking God's thoughts. You're not. Oh, but you know, the day and age we live in. Anybody that is afraid of the day and age we're living in is not thinking God's thoughts. Not thinking God's thoughts. Because he said when you're facing a time of trouble and a time of, of persecute or a time of pressure, Job said, in that day you will laugh. Psalm says, in the time of famine, I will laugh at the time of famine. Why? Because God is my source. you got to constantly renew your mind to that. Constantly. You, you, amen. 
Look, let's go back to Romans 12. Hallelujah. Am I helping you? This, this is important because understand something. Everything that goes into your mind never leaves your mind. Your mind is a, a, a supercomputer. You, you were designed to never forget. Adam named every animal and never forgot what he named them. <laughs> my dad only had two kids. <laughs> Me and my sister. Me and my sister. My sister was the oldest, and when she was born, they said, we can do better. And nine months later, I was here. But anyway, now that's a joke. My, 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 I love my sister, her and her husband, pastor in our fellowship. But my point is, my dad, only, I'm saying he only had two kids, and, and he, would, he would get, you know, a little flustered, and, and, and he would be talking to me, and he'd go, Bud, and finally he would get my name right. Amen. Because there was so much, he was so flustered, right? He couldn't make a decision on who I was. Amen. Do you see this? You don't let that enter in. You've got to constantly be washing that out of your mind. You are designed not to forget anything. That's why the Bible says when you meditate in the word night and day that you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. The Bible says when you meditate on the word night and day, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Cannot happen. Why? Because I'm constantly receiving a download of the wisdom of God. I'm constantly receiving a download of God's knowledge and God's understanding and God's plan. And I'm getting up every day and I'm meditating on the word and I'm renewing my mind and I'm presenting my body a living sacrifice. And before the problem arises, I have the answer that, to the problem I didn't even know was coming. Because I've renewed my mind to the word. Hallelujah. So Romans 12 and... Uh, Verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, we'll talk more about this conforming in, in more uh, uh, future messages, but I want to say this. This is what Paul is saying. We talked about this some Sunday. He's saying, stop being conformed. And start being transformed. Stop being conformed. Now there are believers that will read that and, he and hear that and go, Well, I'm not being conformed. If you're not, the Bible would not have told you to stop. It may not be on the level that it once was, but the one translation says the world is constantly trying to squeeze you into its way of thinking. Squeeze you into its mode of doing. Amen. That, and, and how often is that? Daily. Be afraid of this. Be worried about this. Be concerned about this. 
Be afraid of this sickness. Be afraid of financial problems. Be afraid of somebody that's a different color than you. Be worried. Be upset. It's only natural. She's trying to squeeze you into that mold. Amen. And Paul says, stop it. Now, who has to stop it? I do. I have to stop it. And I have to start being renewed, transformed by renewing my mind. We said this Sunday, that renewing means a renewal, a renovation, complete change for the better. Complete change for the better. God created us with a mind that has the ability to think his thoughts. I can think his thoughts. He created us with the authority to take authority over our minds. I have the authority to take authority over my mind. And I've had people ask me, why? How's that? Because my mind is my mind. Hallelujah. You know, in in, uh, Brother Cap's book, God's Creative Power, I believe it's the for healing but it's in the gift edition and he makes a statement in there about if if your body's acting up in certain areas and and it's just a a a a basic confession and it says i command my body now body you settle down in jesus name well that seems like a simple thing but you were created with authority over your mind and over your body your mind and your body are servants To do what your spirit wants them to do. Amen. That that is so key. We have the authority to take authority over our minds and our bodies. And what? Bring them into submission to the word. Now here's the problem. When somebody's flesh is acting up, it's because it's not submitted to the word. You see that? When you submit yourself to the Word, the flesh has to calm down. Because the Word contains the power of God. And how do you activate the power of God? By your faith. And when you say, no, I'm submitting to the Word of God, then the body has no choice but to quiet down. People submitted to the Word don't get offended. You know why people get offended? They have an unrenewed mind. There's an area of immaturity. There's an area of babyhood there. And it doesn't matter if you've been born again 30 years. You can be a 30-year-old thumb-sucking baby. It's, 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 amen. Hallelujah. I, I, I had a person one time come up and tell me, I've been saved all these years and just was letting me know that, that, that they knew so much more than me because they'd been saved so much longer than me. And I looked at them and I said, length of time saved does not mean you're mature. If you got born again when you were three, and I, I know a pastor, uh, what, Bob Yandian. Bob Yandian got saved when he was three years old. Three years old. He's, he's never known life without being saved. And he will still tell you he's got to renew his mind every day. 
Amen. Because it's, it's something, remember, I said in the beginning of the message, it's something that we've got to do every day. It's got to be a volitional act. It's something we choose to do every day. See, it's not just about sin. It's, it's listen, when, when you're constantly wanting to doubt and you're constantly fighting doubt and you're constantly fighting these things that are coming against the Word, there's an area of, un, uh, of your mind that's not renewed. Doubt is simply this, the belief that God may not do what He said. You've got to settle it once and for all that God can be depended upon to do exactly what He said. And renew your mind to that. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? Now, uh, let's go back to Isaiah 55. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're growing. We, we are just, we're going to get this. Amen. I, I, Isaiah 55, verse 10. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not thither but watereth the earth, makes it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be. Now don't miss that. Because it, it's saying this. It's saying just like the rain and the snow water the earth and cause it to bring forth in bud so it can give bread to the eat, seed to the sower and bread to the eater, He's saying, that's how my word will be that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it will accomplish the thing I sent it to do and prosper in the thing I sent it to. Do you see this? So just as sure as the process for the natural world works, it works. If if. If Brother Tavakal uh, brought me some grass seed here some months ago and, and told me what to do with it. Now, I know you need to sow it, but, you know, he explained to me where to do it and how to do it. And, you know, I did that, and I, I prepared my lawn like he told me to and, and, and turned it over a little bit and put the seed down. And, you know, doggone if in a few days I didn't see some grass coming up. And, you know, with this snow that we had here the other day, I went back there and the snow had melted. And, top call, there's grass in my backyard. Nice, fresh, new grass. Isn't it something? The seed worked just like he said it would. And, and, and there, there was no guesswork. It worked. It, I put the seed in the ground and it worked. And God said, that's just how my word is. When it goes out of my mouth, it will not return to me without accomplishing what I sent it to do. Oh, glory be to God. We, we, amen. We, it will not return void. That's why we have to get the word down on the inside of us because of what it will produce. The Bible calls the word the seed. For instance, when you take the scripture... My God shall provide all of my need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That is a seed. And when you sow it in your spirit, the harvest you receive is need met. Need supplied. How often? Every time. Because He said, my word will not return void. So when you hear someone say, well, I, I, I stood on that scripture and it didn't work. No, you didn't. That person doesn't exist. 
Because the Bible said, this is how my word will be. It will not return to me void. Well, I knew so-and-so and it didn't work for them. Your doctrine's wrong. You're basing what you believe on an experience somebody else had instead of on what the word says. If, when you get quiet, I need to say it twice. That's bad doctrine. Because nowhere in the scripture do you see that you base what you believe on someone's experience. Hallelujah. If we did that, none of us would want to serve God because John the Baptist got his head cut off serving God. Right? Well, that happened to John, but there's no, no scripture that says it's going to happen to me. Yeah, but I knew so-and-so, and they were such a good Christian. I know they were believing God. How do you know? How do you know? You don't know. You don't know if they were believing or not. You don't know if they were in faith. You don't know. They might have been saying the right things and they might have been making the right confession, but you don't know if they were in faith. Here's the reason why I'm saying this. You've got to base what you believe on what God said. He said this is the only surety. This is what will not return void. And when you get the word deep down on the inside of you, the word will produce exactly what God said it would produce. The Bible says that, that when you believe God's word, your health will spring forth speedily. Is that what it says? So you put that on the inside of you and you begin to expect your health to spring forth speedily. Amen. My health is right now chasing me down. My health is right now on my heels, getting ready to spring forth speedily. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 28 says that under the curse that you will sit and long for health, but it will never come. You'll have sicknesses of long continuance. But Galatians 3 and 13 says you are redeemed from the curse of the law by the blood of Jesus. So that means I don't have long drawn out illnesses. I am the healed of the Lord because the word will produce that in my life. You renew your mind to that. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Do, do you see that? And you sow that, and the Word produces that. When uh, Pastor Michelle and I got married, you know, well, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But as Scott Webb says, I am ahead of myself and getting there fast. <laughs> There are things that got to be programmed out of you. Right? I was raised with a poverty mentality. I mean, my parents believed God and loved God and walked in all the faith that they knew to walk in. But I was raised with a poverty mentality. I mean, it was feast or famine, man. It was chicken or feathers. There was no in-between. <laughs> right? I mean, if the wolf came to our door, he had to pack a picnic lunch. It's, <laughs> and it was just living from one miracle to another. Now, understand, my parents took care of us, and we were supplied, but you just had this mindset that if you do get money, you need to spend it right quick. 
because you might not get any more for a while. And so we got married, and we got the planner over here that's, that's wanting to budget, and I am raised, she's raised with a poverty mentality, I'm raised with a poverty mentality. You have two poverty mentality people that are trying to believe God. What a mess. Amen. It had to be programmed out of me. Are, are, are you following me? Had to be programmed out of me. And I, I, remember, I remember the night in 1998, early in 1998, Pastor Michelle and I made a decision. Now, I'm not giving you a formula, but we made this decision. This has to change. This has to change. Because, because this cannot keep going this way. And we made the decision. We're shutting off every other source of information and we're focusing on what the Lord said and the Word said about finances for the next 40 days. We're not watching TV. We're not listening to anything that doesn't have to do with what God said. Here's why. Because we had to have an immersion session to reprogram our minds. But putting a little thought to it every now and then wasn't going to work. We were, we, there was, listen, when we moved to Kansas City all those years ago, nearly 30 years ago now, when we moved there, there were no Word of Faith churches. If you go to Johnson County, Kansas, right now, in, in the area where the Kansas location is, there's one Word of Faith church. It's ours. They were not, they're still not everywhere, but they really weren't everywhere then. And, and God had us in a church where I was doing all the ministering. They weren't teaching us how to give. It was just, you know, they were bucket plunkers. It was just, you know, it's Sunday morning, that's what we do. We had to get a hold of the Word of God. Thank God. I, I'm telling you what, He has come under fire at times. Thank God for Creflo Dollar. Thank God for the, for the finance conventions that He put on. Because I got a hold of that 1998 finance convention and we splurged. We bought the, the, the VHS and the cassette. We splurged. <laughs> Amen. That, that was big money for us. And, and, and I would come home and she would record the Believer's Voice of Victory and Changing Your World. And I would go down in that basement that we had and I'd watch those programs and then we'd come up at night and play with the kids and enjoy time with the kids. And when we put them to bed, we'd put in those VHS cassettes. And I remember the night in 1998 when I was leaning against the wall watching those sermons and it came up in my spirit and stood up like this and I made the decision, I'll never be broke another day in my life. That didn't happen overnight. Broke was a way of life. Making ends meet, man, we were just happy if they were six feet apart. Amen. Now, I'm telling you this for a reason. What happened? My mind got reprogrammed. My mind got reprogrammed. That poverty mentality had to go. And when I found out what the Word said, I went for it. I went hard after it. Amen. But there were times my mind would try to challenge what the Word said. 
Hallelujah. I've, I've, maybe I've told you the story. Uh, uh, I, I needed an oil change in my car. And uh, uh, some family members came in. And somehow it came up in the conversation. And uh, they said, well, have you got the oil change? I said, well, I'm waiting on uh, our next check. And, and then I'm going to do it. And they said, well, I'll pay for your oil change. And this was on Friday night. And the church we were going to had church on Friday night. And we went there. And uh, uh, the pastor did something he never did. He took two offerings. Well, the first offering I didn't give in. In the second offering, the Lord said, take the money you were given and put in that offering. Challenged my thinking. Up till that time, I had never given anything that I thought I needed. If I needed it, I'm not giving it. <laughs> I know you never thought that way. I mean, if I needed it, I didn't tithe. And so consequently, I needed it a lot. Well, God corrected that. I gave that offering that night. There's a family member there that knew who had given me that money and why they had given it to me, and they jumped on me right in church. They didn't even have the decency to wait till we got home. They jumped on me right there. It wasn't her. You need that for an oil change, and they gave you that for an oil change, and you gave it in the offering. Are you crazy? You know, I didn't know, but my mind was being renewed. Amen. You know, he never did that before and never did it again. That night, the pastor said, Philip, come up here. And he gave me an offering bucket. And he said, we want to bless the steels tonight. And people started coming and blessed us. I gave 20 and we walked out of there with a full offering bucket. Never did it again. Did it that one time and never did it again. Amen. My mind was getting reprogrammed. And every time, I remember the first time that the Lord asked me to give my entire check. We, we had gotten back from a failed ministry attempt. A guy had invited us to come to his church in Garden City, Kansas and minister. Garden City is about 250, 275 miles from where we were living. And so we drove there, took money we didn't have. We're going to go minister. We get there. And the guy waits till Saturday evening and he tells me, well, I've changed my mind and I don't want you to minister tomorrow. I'm going to minister. Okay, great. So we spent money we didn't have to get there and then we had to spend money we didn't have to get back. And we get back and I'm in the living room and we're praying and seeking the Lord and the Lord said, when you get paid, I want you to take your entire check and give it to this ministry. You know, I look back on that, and, and it was probably easier than I thought it was. We didn't have anything anyway. Everything was overdue. It wasn't going to hurt if it was another week. Right? But I remember sowing that into that ministry and how my thinking started changing. I became harvest-minded. I begin to expect something. Why? Because I had been in the Word. There were times that the, my mind would try to challenge what the Word said. You've got to make a choice to make your mind think like the Word. This is what the Word said. I have given and it is given unto me. Yeah, but you have symptoms. But I'm the healed of the Lord. By His stripes, I'm healed. Right? Because you're bringing your body and your mind into subjection to the Word. 
Oh, glory. The Word has to be our foundation. This is what the Word says. And let phrases like this, leave your life forever. Well, I can't help it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Well, you know, uh, I'll tell you what, I'm just the kind of person, I'm just going to tell you what I think. You better stop. Because every time you just tell somebody what you think and you let your flesh do what it wants to do, you just started falling short in God. Because that's an area where my mind needs to be renewed. And I've had people say, well, you know, I don't tell everybody what I think, but ignorance just bothers me. Be careful. Lest others say the same about you. Are you following me? As we keep feeding on the Word, our minds stay renewed. I just keep feeding on the Word. I keep feeding on the Word. And what happens? My mind stays renewed. My mind stays renewed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And ever what you hear and ever what you see, well, there's a financial issue or there's, there's a, 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 a pandemic or there's whatever. Okay, that might be what's going on, but the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 28 that, that, that for those that are under the curse of the law, that the diseases of this world that people are afraid of will come on me. But Galatians 3.13 says I am redeemed from that curse, so the diseases of this world can't come on me. You keep renewing your mind to that. Yeah, but I, I battled this. Yeah, but you overcame it. Hallelujah. Because you're feeding on the Word of God. And the next time those things knock on your door, you say, <clears throat> go to the next house. Because you're not coming in here. Right? No plague will come near my dwelling. Are you a plague? You can't come around here. So I'm renewing my mind to that. And I'm, constant, and, and I'm telling myself that daily. There's not a day that goes by that I don't say it out loud. I don't mind telling you no sickness will come on me today. Amen. I, I don't care what it is. If I feel a scratch in my throat, I will tell my wife. I don't mind telling you it will never come on me. Not coming. Why? Because you've got to stand, because if you don't, you open the door for your mind to start thinking something you don't want it to think. Hallelujah. I mean, let me finish with this. Who told you that you've got to put up with the same things the world puts up with? Who said that? God didn't. Is that right? God didn't. I've got to renew my mind to what he said. And yeah, the challenges will come, but you stay with what the word said, and the word will always win. Always win. Hallelujah. And, and, and I'll tell you, I've passed up some marvelous opportunities to be sick. 
I passed up some marvelous opportunities to be broke. I'm not going to have it. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. Say, I am what God says I am. I have what God says I have. I have authority over my mind and my body. And I declare that the Word is my source of information. My source of wisdom. And I have what the Word says I have. I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm blessed. I'm prosperous. Going in and coming out. Everything that I touch is blessed. I am an overcomer. Satan has no place in me. I cannot be defeated. I will not quit. Everything's going my way. I'm an overcomer. I'm a new creature. I have the mind of Christ. I win. I win. I win. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you know, I'll close with this. And you might, you might have to stand in the mirror and talk to yourself just that way. Because that's who I am. Amen. And at the end of the day, it's not when the smoke clears. Listen, every time you see me, you're going to see me in the place of victory. You're never going to see me down. I have no down days. I've been redeemed from down days. Why? How can you have down days when he says, he always causes me to triumph? He said he'd cause me to ride upon the high places of the earth. Oh, glory, let's stand up. I'll keep preaching.